Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. I have a special guest today all the way from London, England, film director Ama Asante. Now, if you missed her beautiful film, Belle, please find it. It is a must-see on my list of all-time films. And now Ama has come up with another film about a group of people that many folks didn't know existed. The Black German Population During Hitler's Reign of Terror. The movie, Where Hands Touch, is a riveting and beautiful love story with the backdrop of the German concentration camps. So you say, how's that even possible? Well, here's Ama Asante to tell us all about it. Thank you for joining me. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you know, I just saw you in L.A. and now you're back home in London. So I hope Mm -hmm. you're not too jet lagged today. (laughs) Just a little, just a little. Oh, that's okay. So this movie, uh, Where Hands Touch, Germans were, you know, people, black folks were living in Germany and they were actually Germans. And most of us didn't even know about this story. How did you uncover their story? It was interesting. I'd finished my first film um, called A Way of Life. And I shot that in a place in South Wales, um, in the UK, which had some of the oldest black communities in Europe. And I thought, why don't I know more about, you know, these communities who were like me? You know, they were of the African diaspora, Mm. but um, they were born and raised in Europe. And it dawned on me that um, I knew so little about people of color around Europe. Um, And I had more of a grasp of African-American history than I did that of um, black European history. And I wanted to know more. And even the African-American history, I I know, is, is only told in one small part of that history and I thought this is this is something I should know more about so I started to explore online um, and I kept coming up with this this term you know the Rhineland children and a more derogatory version of that term as well Um, Mm -hmm. and I started to explore what does that mean who are they I discovered a generation of children who were born of French African soldiers or I should say African soldiers from the French colonies um, who fought in World War One, uh, were part of the French occupation of Germany um, after World War One, who mixed with the local women and, and, and had children. These children were coming of age around about the time when Hitler was, was doing his worst. Um, and yeah, I just kept digging, digging and digging and wow. eventually going over to Germany to interview some survivors of that period who were of colour. Right. I, you know, the, the characters in your movie, as always, are so rich and they have so many layers to them, as did uh, the characters in this movie. You know, we have the German mom and we have the, the one black child and then she has another child who's a white child. And just her dealing with the whole idea of being an Aryan and having a black yeah. child that she loved more than life. So were these composite yeah. characters that you kind of came up with after interviewing these people? It was, um, so I was doing as much research as I could about just life in general in the period. And this this is what I do with all my films is I kind of throw my characters away or, or haven't come up with them yet. And I just want to know what was the context? What was life? What was the politics? What was society like? What were the cultural t- traditions? I did all of that. Um, and then, you know, a sort of pattern was emerging, not not just with the lives of um, uh, what would eventually become my Afro-German character, but the lives of 
ordinary Germans, the lives of um, the Jewish people who were being murdered. There were patterns in their mm. stories, what it's like to live through war. And then there were obviously the specifics. What is it like when you have a murder machine against you if you're, if you're Jewish? What is it like to right. be persecuted? What is it like to try and raise um, a son or a daughter when Hitler Youth is mandatory? Um, what is it like to be a black child ex- ex- existing in that period? I-, I was doing all of this research and trying to understand what all these different lives were like. And when I had mm-hmm. enough information, that was when, uh, you know, and I'd written, you know, a storyline in a few drafts. That was when I went over to um, Germany and I sat down with survivors and, and, and spoke to them and, um, you know, got a, a deeper understanding, but also confirmation that the direction that I was going in was correct. Well, I got to tell you, you nailed it on this one. I mean, it's beautiful. There, you know, there are parts where you you do laugh. Most of the time, you're sort of crying. But it it, yeah. ca- it came down to the idea of okay, black children living during the Hitler's horrible reign. How mm-hmm. were black people viewed? Because clearly, we know what was happening to the Jews. They were being burned in the concentration camps. Where right. were the black people going, and how did they feel about them? I mean, this is the the thing that fascinated me most as I started my research. It fascinated and confounded me at the same time. When I first came across this generation of um, black children, my first instinct, my first assumption was, oh my goodness, if this is what they were doing to the Jews, what on earth could they, must they have been doing to uh, black people and particularly young people because this generation was relatively, relatively young as well. Um, what I discovered was that because there weren't many of them in numbers and because they were not seen as integrated in the way that um, Hitler felt threatened by the Jews, he decided that his murder machine did not need to be used against these black children in the way that this mass murder machine was being used against the Jews. He didn't see them as doctors or teachers or lawyers or people with finances within the economy um, and therefore he said they were no threats but what he mm. the only threat that he could perceive um, they held was that they could procreate they could go they could have relationships with so-called Aryan Germans and they could taint his dream for an Aryan future a pure future and so ah. he decided that the way to deal with them was to have them sterilized without anesthetic, have them removed from home, from school, wherever he could find them, have them um, sterilized and then quietly put back into their homes. And the idea was that they couldn't procreate and they would die out within one generation. And that was his plan for these children. And if they kept their heads down with their mothers protecting them and they didn't meet the wrong SS officer on the wrong day, they might very well get through the war and survive in the way that you could not, you absolutely could not, if you were Jewish. So it was, wow, you know, I, let's think you. about what's happening in America at this time. In America at this time, you know, black people, people of color, could still be strange fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, we were we were in, hanging from the trees still. Absolutely, and yet in Germany. Um, you know, right down there at the bottom were Jews and just a little bit up from them were, were these, these black people, young black people and, and, and black children who, who, who might negotiate the war. 
and leave it to Ama Asante, who came up with that story. Of course, one of the Aryan guys, young men in uh, Nazi Germany, in Hitler's uh, army, of course, hooks up with a cute black girl. (laughs) And you know what happens. Yeah. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is what happens when you are that age, you are that 15, 16-year-old, this is for both of them, going through that coming of age, desperately trying to exist in a world that has clearly gone absolutely crazy. Um, the will for life pushes you to, mm. to to simply try and survive in the most ordinary way possible, except times are not ordinary. And when the walls come crashing in and your political awakening is forced, you know, on both sides, your understanding right. of or, or your your journey from boy to man from girl to woman is accelerated because of the madness that is going on. When you have Mm. to come to realize where a large proportion of fellow citizens are disappearing to and what is happening to them, that will excel your understanding of life pretty quickly. That will excel your political awakening pretty quickly. And this is what happens with both of them. Wow. You know, it's it's very interesting because in in real life, uh, some of the people that you talk to actually because they were black, but they were still, like you said, they were young and they wanted to be a part of what was going on. So did they really want to participate in Hitler's war in in what they were doing? Did the black people want that? Some of them? I mean, I mean, what I would say is that they it's a very complicated way to explain it. So give me a second on this one. What they wanted was to belong. Um, as young people, what my understanding was they clearly did not understand where the Jews were disappearing to and what was happening. And when they yes. did, they certainly did not want to be a part of that. But the interesting thing is what happens when you are experiencing life, persecution and suffering from outside of a community? So what most of us have an understanding of, particularly as people of color, is, you know, forms of persecution, forms of inequality, um, but we experience those and we have community around us who look like us, Mm -hmm. who are also experiencing Mm -hmm. the same. What happened with these children of color is they didn't know each other. They didn't have anybody who looked like them um, to experience this persecution with. And for other people who were experiencing persecution, well, by 1944, which is when we enter our story, all of the Jews were gone. They had been taken to camps, they were dead, or they were being worked to death, if not put in the showers, and as you say, you know, um, you know, killed in that way. And so, mm-hmm. what happens with assimilation, which is what these children were looking for, is it becomes different when you say, oh, I, I visited France, and I, I, I just love France, and, you know, I, I want to go and live in France because I love the food, I love the people, you know, I want to assimilate with their mm-hmm. culture because because I love it. That's one thing. But when you are forced to have to assimilate because that's your only way to survive, that becomes a violent act. And what was perpetrated mm-hmm. on this chil- these children because of the way that they existed in German society was a violent act. Their only way to survive was to assimilate with a society around them that was 
uh, was German and Nazi because anybody who spoke against the Nazi system, the National Socialist system, was removed. All books were removed from society. All teachers yeah. who might teach you any different were removed from society. And children were deemed to be owned by the state, not by their parents. So they were encouraged wow. to tell against their parents. Any parent that spoke against the National Socialist regime, their child was encouraged to inform on them. And so oh. what you have is, you know, isolated black children in a world who just see what looks like the scouts to them. It looks mm -hmm. like um, a youth organization that every child is allow allowed to belong to except them. Except, right, uh, except them because of their color. And they want to fit in. Yeah, and they want to fit wow. in. And, and that's why I call it an act of violence. It's an act of violence that forces you to to have to assimilate with white supremacy in order to survive and accept that you are the bottom wow. of the food chain within that, that context. It's the most evil thing. It um, is. This movie, you know, I've got to tell you, your movie, Where Hands Touch, like I said, is riveting. And I want our audience to know right now they're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya uh -huh. Hart. My guest today is the legendary, and I'm calling you legendary anyway, <laughs> uh, film director from uh, London, the UK, uh, Ama Asante. You know, I've got to ask you, Ama, one of the things that's been interesting, because this, like I said, it's an extraordinary, when I tell you it's an extraordinary film, Even obviously everybody can tell by the subject matter, and then the way mm -hmm. you put it together is again extraordinary with the detail and the just everything is just so amazing but you've had a hard time getting a distributor do you think it's because of the way you portray the germans or what i mean i don't i don't understand tell me what do you think well i mean so we got a distributor we had no trouble getting a dis distributor i think what happens with um a film like this is how much you um then have in the budget how much the distributor then is able to put into the budget to promote the film so distribution right. no problem actually getting the word out there that this film exists and it's in the cinemas and you can go and see it now that that has been pretty difficult what usually happens with a movie is that you know whatever budget you spent on the film well you know a very very large percentage of that budget is spent again on promotion and right. we have not had that so you will not go out and see posters you will not go out and see billboards you will not see tv ads for our film and the question then begs how does anybody know this movie is on And right. so I rely on gracious people like you who allow me onto their radio shows and um, who interview myself and uh, the amazing Amanda and the wonderful Abby Cornish, who plays her mother, and the great George Mackay, um, who plays the Hitler Youth Boy in the story, to allow us to come onto your shows and, and, and to speak to you about what this movie is. Because, and the question uh, is, is it because this is a difficult subject matter? Probably, yes. Probably, um, yeah, got, it is. I got off the phone to an amazing um, actress who is an Afro-German actress, and we were just having that conversation about the fact that, you know, they still struggle in Germany as people of color to be recognized. Um, the, you know, there's uh, the idea that black Germans exist is 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 still in you know in question um and certainly from their point of view they feel that there's a, a struggle to be recognized um and this is what she tells me and this is what i recognize from the history also right so right. i think um you know this is a story that 
um, is a difficult one. When you take us out of the equation, it's a difficult one. When you put us into the equation and you remember that um, uh, there were Jewish, you know, six million people, mainly Jews, also including um, those who had disabilities, um, those who were gypsies, those who were gay, as well as those who were black, were also persecuted um, and murdered alongside the Jews. You know, that becomes a very, very difficult um, history for... Yeah, it is. For those of us today to to acknowledge, um, and but we must because when we don't I was going teach to say. the history, we, when we don't teach the history, we don't recognise our now, and that's why you have people marching through um, certain parts of America, believing that, and across Europe as well, we have our issues, of course, who believe that mm-hmm. they have a bigger stake in the countries they live in than anybody else, because the full history of who has a stake in those countries and why. It's not been taught. Well, let me tell you something, Ama Asante. You are determined to tell these stories. It was the same thing with Belle, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Another Thank important you. character in history that we did not know about. So this is obviously your calling. Uh, like I said, your your research is impeccable. I'm going to share this with the audience. Most people don't know that when a Nazi Germany fell, that the Americans, the United States, sent in black soldiers to rescue everybody mm-hmm. because because they felt that they would not be mistaken for Nazis. And even that little scene in your film, you got that in there too. So we love I you did and my appreciate best. you. I wanted to honor yeah. those um, African-American soldiers who were for a long time told that they were not there, even though they shouted to the world that they were there. They were told for the longest time, no, you were not. And it wasn't until images were discovered many, many decades later that showed them, showed them um, standing Mm -hmm. outside the camps, showed them um, standing outside these horrific places in front of horrific scenes where there were many, many dead bodies, dead bodies of Jews. But finally, it was acknowledged that um, there were some African-American soldiers who were there too. And, you know, this is a, a history that binds us. You know, this, this African-American history is interwoven with uh, black history, is interwoven with the horrific circumstances that allowed um, six million people, six million citizens of Europe, mainly Jews, to be murdered. And it's important that we know that history. Well, thank you again. Now, where can people find the movie? Uh, or, you know, because we want everybody to see this. This is one of those films that, again, it may not be easy to watch certain parts of it, but then other parts of it, you will just fall in love all over again. And where can people find, yeah. find this movie? Well, um, you can see this movie at the moment right now in select cinemas across America. Um, each weekend, we have less cinemas showing the movie. So um, I implore you all to go. Go this weekend to see the movie. If you need to look up your nearest movie theater, please go to www.wherehandstouch.com. We love you. Uh, I cannot wait for other stories to come from you. And uh, stay right there. We're going to sign off, but I wanted to tell you something else when when we finish here. Uh, But in the meantime... Don't miss it. If you can find it anywhere, go, even if you have to drive for miles to see Where Hands Touch with director Ama Asante. Thank you again. 
And don't forget to subscribe to Hollywood Live Extra on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these because you don't want to miss any of them. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra at AURN.com. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.